Hello, Centerway Church. I'm Deidre, and this week I've got my friend Meredith with me. Hi. <laughs> We're here to welcome you and give you some information to start off our gathering today. As we get started, if you're on the Sunday Morning Live platform right now, feel free to say hi in the chat if you haven't done so already. Yes, please do. We love to see your comments in the chat. Yeah. Uh, and we also love being able to gather live with you this lovely Sunday morning. Uh, and that goes for any watch parties out there, including our Center Away students who are gathering online together right now. Welcome. Um, we also want to welcome and say hi to everyone that is watching or listening later in the week. Uh, we're so glad that you're connecting and growing as well. Over the next couple of minutes, we wanna share some information, much of which we talk through every single week, and that's because we know that there are guests joining us for the very first time. So a special welcome to all of you. We're excited that you're choosing to spend today with us. It's definitely a unique season and a unique time to visit a church online, but we hope that you feel at home today. We're gonna to give you a quick overview of the live platform, just in case you find yourself there today. Yeah. So on that platform, right on there, you'll find tabs and they'll allow you to do some of the following things. Uh, you can share your information with us and we'd especially love that if it's your first visit uh, so we can follow up and get feedback and other things like that. Um, you can also take next steps and you can find previous messages. Uh, also on the live platform, there's a tab to give for those that call Centerway home and would like to conveniently give in that way. Uh, you can also ask questions or request prayer right on the platform and one of our hosts will answer you privately in a separate chat. Now, if you find yourself watching or listening to this message later in the week and you're not on the live platform, you can do many of the things that I just mentioned through our website. Another way to connect is that we'd encourage you to find us on social media. Uh, that would be a great way to connect mm -hmm. with us. Uh, for anyone out there, guests or just our familiar faces mm -hmm. uh, that have uh, questions, that want to give us feedback, if you have ideas, um, if you need prayer, any of those things and more, we would love to help and serve you. Just please email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. Uh, one other quick note about the live platform. You'll want to stick around uh, to the end today. Deidre and I are going to close things out. Um, and when we do, we're actually going to talk about how we're posting some links in the chat. And those are for resources that are unique to today's message. Now, those are in addition to the typical weekly and ongoing resources that we offer. And Deidre is going to fill you in on those normal ones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to start out with the Monday, Friday, I'm sorry, Monday, Wednesday, Friday <laughs> devotionals. They're created by our preaching team to go along with the message. And they take you deeper and sometimes even explore words or thoughts from the week's scripture text that weren't discussed in the message. These are posted on our website, but you can have them sent directly to your inbox. You can subscribe to the Next Steps page of the website. Another way to consider the message throughout the week is adding an image to your phone or desktop with the application on it. I know it's such a helpful reminder as the week gets busy. One last thing I'll mention is that we have a message that's just for kids. Our teams work really hard together um, so that the kids are able to learn from the same text that we are. It's kid-friendly content with the same application so you can talk about it together if you have kids in your home. Because I've only highlighted a few resources available to you, we encourage you to check out the Next Steps page or the Messages page of the, uh, for additional info. Now here's what to expect for the rest of the gathering today. Brian will be reading the scripture text for us. Claude will be communicating from the Bible and then we'll close out the gathering with some ways to respond in worship. And then right after that, you can join us live on Instagram or Facebook as a way to respond through song. Absolutely. Now here's Brian with the text for today. Hi Centerway, my name is Brian and I'll be reading the scripture for this week comes from Mark 8, verse 11 through 21. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed heavily in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. 
And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they only had one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? Hello, my name is Claude, and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors here at Centerway Church. Really excited that you have the opportunity to be with us as we continue in our series, Unnoticed. This morning, the message is entitled, Sign. So, Unnoticed Sign. We just read a section of scripture, as you heard, uh, Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 21. And uh, we're going to kind of look into the way that God was unnoticed. Jesus was unnoticed right in the midst of the Pharisees and the disciples. It seems like a, a reoccurring theme that seems almost impossible. And I think that there are some times in our life, if we're honest, that we just miss the obvious. There are things that go unnoticed. And uh, there's one time in particular that as I was thinking about this message kind of came to mind. I was in college my freshman year. Uh, we, I lived in a dorm, an all-male dorm, and we were on the uh, upstairs portion of that dorm. And uh, it was a kind of a long, straight hallway, and there were two entrances on the end of the hallway. And one of the guys up there, he was an upperclassman, he had uh, his birthday that week. And so a bunch of the, the guys that had been there uh, prior decided that they were going to surprise him and kind of give him a surprise party in his dorm room. And so the whole floor decided that we were going to participate in this and figure out ways to trick him and keep him away and all of that. And so here we are going through all this planning and this process, and there's one of the guys on the floor uh, is insisting that he's going to walk him from the door up to his room. And we're telling him, listen, we've got all the logistics figured out. He comes from the other side of the building. We're just going to wait at his room. Let's just, just wait at his room. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to meet him at the door. That way he doesn't suspect anything. Like, have you ever met him at the door and walked him up to his room before? He's like, well, no, but you know, like I could just run into him. We're like, dude, just wait at his room. I don't know what the big deal is. No, 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 no. I want to wait for him. So he's waiting on the far end of the building on the lower part. Well, sure enough, he came home the way he always comes home, the opposite side of the building. But this guy had it in his mind that he was going to come in that way. And so in either case, he comes in the typical way into the building, comes up the stairwell into his room, opens up the door and yay, surprise and all the things that you'd expect, you know, a, a college surprise party to look like to everybody going nuts and just messing with him. And, and so everybody's jumping around and all of a sudden here comes this other guy because of all the noise. He comes up the stairwells and he's like, 
what the heck, man? I thought you were gonna come in this way. I was gonna walk you up. And he's like, I, I never come in the building that way. He's like, I just, I thought for sure you were gonna come that way. And so he completely misses it. He absolutely misses everything. And so as he's sitting there all disappointed and we're saying like, dude, we told you, but you just had it in your mind that you're gonna come that way, you know? Even though everybody said that we had worked out for him to come the way he typically comes, you thought it was gonna come that way. Anyway, as that's happening, <laughs> there's this guy on the floor who was just always kind of aloof or whatever. Like I said, it has been, I, I don't even know, days, okay? I wanna say a week, but days of planning, everybody talking about how we're gonna have the surprise party. And this guy is in his dorm room. We've all yelled surprise and everything. And he goes, oh wait, it's your birthday? Today's your birthday? It's like, oh dude, I didn't realize that. We're like, what, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I just, I didn't realize. Like I knew we were gonna, like we were gonna have like a party and stuff, but I guess I never connected the dots that it was his birthday. How do you not connect the dots? And so it was this amazing moment of two people completely missing the obvious for two entirely different reasons. And so the question I wanna ask as we move into the text today is why do we miss the obvious? Why do we miss the obvious? So there's obviously many reasons to this question, right? I mean, many answers to this question. <laughs> there's many reasons why we miss the obvious, but I wanna submit to you that we miss the obvious for two main root reasons. In other words, as many reasons as there are out there, I think they boil down to two main root reasons. One, one reason that we miss the obvious is because we aren't really paying attention. So sometimes we miss the obvious because we really aren't paying attention. Kind of like this guy who's sitting there watching the planning, he's in the room, we all yell surprise, and he never connects the dots that we're yelling surprise because of his birthday, that's why. So we're really not paying attention. The second reason, the second root reason, is because we decide to ignore what's in front of us. We decide to ignore it. This other friend of mine that just he, he decided to ignore everything that we were saying, everything that he knew about how he typically comes in. It was like he had it in his mind that this guy is gonna come in this door and it's gonna play out perfectly the way I want it to play out. So it's a decision. So on one end, we have, we, we have the ability to not pay attention. And on the other end, we decide sometimes to ignore what's right in front of us. Now, like I said, these are root reasons. So there are probably dozens of reasons that you can come up with in your life where maybe you've missed the obvious but I wanna argue that they all come back down, again, to these two roots. Now, the first one, not really paying attention. Not really paying attention requires patience, right? It requires the patience of other. And, and if you've ever had to repeat yourself, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It can get so annoying when someone's just not paying attention and they're missing the obvious and you say it again and again. And some of my most favorite moments is when like an entire room is saying, are you kidding? And they're looking at one person like, well, I, I don't understand. And this was one of those moments where I'm like, of course it's his birthday. What do you think we've been doing? Like, I don't know, I figured maybe he got a promotion or I don't know, I just didn't think about it. If you look back at some pictures that we actually have of uh, my kids growing up, you'll find pictures, I think, with all three of our kids, but at least with two of our kids, and one in particular where, where my, one of my kids is doing this, literally covering their eyes like that. And it, it was one of the things that I used to make them do when they were just incapable of paying attention. Listen, pay attention to what I'm saying. Okay, uh-huh, I'm listening, I'm listening. You're not even looking at me. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's, 
pay attention. I don't want to say it again. And so I would have them go like this and they would go like this and focus in. And sometimes if they were really distracted, I would do the same thing and we'd put our hands together and Meredith took some pictures of it. It's just so cute, you know, but the reality is we don't grow out of that. We get distracted by the things happening around us and it just requires patience of people to, to help us when we miss the obvious. However, the second reason deciding to ignore, if you will, requires the person that is doing the ignoring to change their decision. It requires the person that's doing the ignoring to actually listen to everyone else, to, to realize, wait, maybe my preconceived idea isn't accurate. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the way I think this is going to play out is not the way it's going to play out. So in today's text, we see both root issues at play. Let's take a look at verse 11. At verse 11, we see that um, Jesus is now interacting with the Pharisees. So it starts off, verse 11, the Pharisees came and began to argue with him, Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. All right. So just so you can kind of understand where we're picking up the text, if you haven't been with us, what's happening here is the Pharisees are following Jesus around, essentially. They're trying to find a reason to, to kind of call him out, to put him in place, to challenge the, the way that he's doing things and the reasoning behind what he's doing. And so here the Pharisees aren't asking to see a miracle, right? Some people think that sign equals miracle and that the Pharisees are saying, hey, do a miracle so that we know you're from heaven. But that's not exactly what's taking place. The reason we know that is because they've witnessed Jesus doing compassion-based miracles. They've seen it. That's why they're there, because they've seen the miracles, because the people in the community are following them around, and it's creating this kind of undercurrent, this upheaval of society. So what does a sign from heaven mean? What exactly are they asking Jesus? They're arguing with Jesus to prove that the miracles that he's performing are actually from God, that they're actually from God. So they're not... They've seen the miracles firsthand. They can't question it. Like Jesus just healed someone that was deaf. They can't argue that. So what they're arguing is, show us a sign from heaven to prove that this is God, that you're using the authority of God to do this. We want a sign from heaven, from the heavenlies, to prove that this is from God. <laughs> it's mind-boggling, honestly. None of the miracles that Jesus has performed have in any way benefited Jesus. They've only helped others. They're all compassion-oriented. They're all ways to, to solidify what he's preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God. And yet, they're following around Jesus, watching all that he's doing, and they say, you know what? I don't think I like what I see here. You need to prove that what you're doing is from God himself. You see, the Pharisees, they fall into that second category of people that simply decide to ignore what's right in front of them. They have a preconceived idea of how God works, when God works, what it looks like, what even the Messiah will look like. It hasn't even entered into the Pharisees' mind that Jesus is the Messiah because the Messiah is going to come to overthrow the Roman government. The Messiah will come to solidify the Pharisees and, and thank them for their amazing ability to follow all the rules and to be so incredibly religious, right? So they have this idea and they just can't have their mind changed. 
he's going to come through that door. I know it. I know he's going to come through that door. So I'm going to stay here. I'm going to miss the obvious because I'm insisting that I know what I know. It's tragic, right? Verse 12. And he, meaning Jesus, sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. So, wow. Is Jesus mad at the Pharisees right now? What does this mean? Is Jesus saying that that generation will miss out? That, That they will not, in fact, experience any sign that God is who he says he is? Well, we know that that generation was given a sign. That generation was given several signs. The most notable and the most prominent is Jesus himself. So what is Jesus saying? If Jesus isn't saying to them that they're not going to to have evidence that God is who he says he is, that Jesus is the sign himself, what is Jesus saying? He's sighing deeply in his spirit and he's saying, you're missing it. What he's saying is this generation is missing it. The sign is going unnoticed. Their demand for a sign reveals the condition of their heart and just how spiritually blind they actually are. God himself is standing right in front of them. Jesus is the sign. He's saying, listen, if you're missing me, if you're missing this, then you're missing it. This generation will never see it. You'll never see what it is you're looking for because it's right before you and you're refusing to see it. They completely miss the obvious. So Jesus isn't making a judgment call. He's making an observation about the decisions that they've made. The sign from God is going unnoticed. Now, if you're a Christian, if you consider yourself a Christ follower, the Pharisees should actually scare you. (laughs) They should scare you because they were extremely knowledgeable about scripture. They followed all the rules. They were as well behaved as a human being can be. Ritual cleanings, following every letter to the every law to the letter. I mean, they would be like the best churchgoer in modern day world if you could somehow make that correlation. They paid their tithe to the penny. Jesus even acknowledges that. They did absolutely everything right. And yet they missed the obvious. They're face to face with God himself. And they're so spiritual. They're so religious that they don't see the presence of God right before them. It's a scary thought. It's a scary thought that should cause us all to search our hearts and minds. Listen, is it possible to be so wrapped up in how we want things to go and how it is that we think things will work out our preconceived ideas that we decide to focus on that narrative and miss out on what God is actually doing right in front of us. 
Let me say that again, because I think we live right now in these times with, with a lot of uh, distractions. A lot of, hey, we think this is going to work out this way, and then it works out that way. Or, or oh, that's a curveball. Or the f- most famous and annoying word in the season is pivot, right? <laughs> Everybody has to pivot all the time. So I think this is such a timely word. Let me, th- let me say it one more time. Is it possible to be so wrapped up in how we want things to go and how we think things should go that we literally decide to focus on that narrative and miss out on what God is doing right in front of us. It's possible with good intentions to be standing at the wrong door and just miss it. It's a decision. It's a decision. Jesus is so bothered by the state of the Pharisees that he actually warns the disciples. If you skip ahead a little bit to verse 15, we see that they're in a boat now. Jesus is with the disciples. And Jesus, it says, and he, meaning Jesus, cautioned them, saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So Jesus is so distraught. You can see him just kind of reflecting on the experience that he just had, the argument that he just had with the Pharisees. He sighed deeply. His heart's heavy. He's thinking about the condition of the world that he's so desperately trying to reach and love so deeply. And they're in a boat and he looks at the disciples. He goes, just, you need to beware. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Jesus is saying that the Pharisees and Herod specifically Antipas, Herod Antipas, have, have decided to function according to the system of this world instead of the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying to the disciples. You just, you need to beware. You need to guard your heart. He's saying, be cautious of the influence of the cares and the worries of this world. That's a profound statement that I think should echo in our hearts today, lest we miss it. That we get so wrapped up in the American dream and the, and the 401ks and, and all the, the things that this world says that matters is important that we actually miss out on the eternal that God's doing right before us. And here's their response. Here's the disciples' response to this moment of Jesus' reflection and heavy heart. Verse 16. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just, the more that we move through Mark, the more I identify with the disciples. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, I miss it so much. I miss the obvious so much. And at the same time, I am just struck by the incredible patience that Jesus displays. Because he's talking about leaven, they literally start talking about bread. Like, hmm, we get it, Jesus. (laughs) Loud and clear. We only brought one loaf of bread. What were we thinking? I'm so hungry. Sorry, Jesus. (laughs) Holy cow. They're completely missing it. They take what Jesus is saying literally as if he's talking about bread. And listen, they fall into the first category of missing the obvious because they aren't paying attention. They just aren't paying attention. They're sitting there wrapped up with the the hunger pangs of their, their belly and the one word that they focused on that Jesus said, leaven, 
you know? And like I said, if you have children or if you've ever struggled with paying attention, you know what it's like to be like, I didn't talk about that. I'm not just talking about leaven. We aren't talking about bread, guys. They're just not paying attention. You see, even for the disciples, the sign is going unnoticed. Different root reasons, but same reality. The sign is going unnoticed. And I love, love, love Jesus' response. Verse 17. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Are you discussing the fact that we have no bread? (laughs) Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? And then he literally goes through a litany of questions, basically recounting, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember this miracle? Do you remember that I performed that? And he goes through like, pay attention, guys. Are you seriously missing everything? Seriously, guys. He addresses the fact that they're actually missing it. Even though they're present, they aren't grasping the implications of the one they're in relationship with. Think about that. They're sitting there. They're going through all of the motions. They're in, in the present. They're at all the church services. <laughs> they're hearing all the sermons. They're hearing all the the explanations even of the sermons. They're engaging in all of the circle activity, following the messages. And yet, they aren't grasping the implications of the one they're in relationship with. They're not grasping the fact that God is with them. So let's put this all together. To both the Pharisees and the disciples, Jesus is saying, I am the sign. I am the sign. If Jesus is not enough to satisfy you, nothing will. Nothing will. I want to say it again because it's so incredibly true on so many levels. If you haven't come to this reality yet, then I would submit that maybe you just haven't tried to get enough things to to fill that void. Because at some point, when you try enough to fill the void, whether it's with relationships or money or whatever you might be searching after, once you fill that void, you realize it never delivers. It's never what you hoped and thought that it would be. Because what it is that you're really seeking for is not more stuff. It's not more money. It's not a loving relationship. It's connecting with God himself and allowing Jesus to satisfy the deepest needs of your heart and soul. And so I say it again. If Jesus is not enough to satisfy you, nothing on this created earth will. You'll miss it. Jesus lived the life that we could not live, the sinless, perfect life that we could not live, and he died the death that we deserve. He was our substitute. And then he imparted the fact that he is the child of God onto us and said, we can be the children of God. He's our savior. He's our savior. He died the death that we deserve. And so if we can be in relationship with God himself because of the person and work of Jesus, then I ask you again, is Jesus enough? Is he truly enough or are you missing it? Are you missing it? Now, maybe you've decided 
You've decided that maybe things should work out differently. That if God is real, then it would work out a little differently. And, and you're kind of in that category with the Pharisees and with my friends standing at the door. No, this is the way it's going to work out. And if it works out this way, then, <laughs> then I was right and everybody was wrong. And so I'm going to be right here. Or maybe you're on the other side of things and you're leaning in and yet you seem oblivious to the hand and move of God. You're present, but you're not always connecting the dots. And whether we like it or not, we fall towards one of those two root extremes. The Pharisees decided to reject Jesus. They missed it. The disciples weren't paying attention to their relationship with Jesus, and they were missing it. Where do you fall? Which extreme are you closer to today? You see, rejecting Jesus is a decision. It's a decision that you can make, but we can't claim ignorance either. Let's look at verse 21, because the story doesn't end there. After Jesus goes through this litany of questions, he asks one more question. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? Seems kind of like a simple question, but there's something incredible that's being said in that question the word yet. Do you not yet understand? You see, to the generation, to the Pharisees, he was saying, you've made a decision. And as, as much as it saddens me, you will never connect the dots that I'm God, that I am the sign. But with the disciples, he says, do you not yet understand? Jesus is patient with the disciples Time and time and time again. Why? Because although they miss the obvious at times, they're following Jesus. They're following him. Jesus is patient because spiritual maturity is a process, not a moment. It's not a moment in time. It's a process. It's a journey. And so as much as it's a process, God is telling you, I will be, I'll be patient. I'm, I'm okay with you missing it at times. Because I think we can listen to this word and be like, oh my gosh, I miss it a lot. Like I miss it too much. Is God angry at me? Is he asking me questions, rhetorical questions, saying seriously, how many times do I have to meet your needs and you still question me? What's incredible is not only the compassion of God, but the patience of God. To say, listen, if you continue to follow me, I realize spiritual maturity is a journey. So you're either leaning in and learning to follow Jesus or you're not. It's one of those two things. It's, it's simple. You're either leaning in and learning to follow Jesus with the messy journey of sometimes missing it and sometimes getting it right and all the while experiencing the compassion and the joy that comes from only Jesus himself. Or you're leaning out and you're saying, I think I want this to play out my way. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you on that spiritual maturity journey because the text requires something of us. Here's the thing I want to challenge you with. To begin or extend prayer time this week. To begin or extend prayer time this week. This is why this, this challenge is present. It's because the linchpin of not missing the obvious is being in relationship with Jesus and declaring him enough. And the way we increase our proximity to Jesus 
is to spend time in prayer. Now, for some of you, you might say, begin prayer. I've prayed from time to time before I eat, but I'm not in relationship with God. Maybe you're far from God today, but you acknowledge and realize that he paid the price for your sin, that you can be in relationship with God because of the person and work of Jesus. And if that's you, your prayer time should begin with this prayer, this first prayer that you come into relationship with God. It looks something like this, where you just declare that you're a sinner. Lord, I'm a sinner, but I know you died for my sins. Would you come and forgive me? Be the Lord and leader of my life. That doesn't have to be the wording of the prayer, but a concept where you acknowledge that Jesus is enough, that he paid the price for your sins, that he will forgive your sins, and that you want him to be the Lord and leader of your life. In fact, if you're praying that prayer right now with us live, I want to encourage you to click the request prayer button and it'll put you in a private chat with one of our hosts and they'll be able to talk to you about the next steps as you continue in this journey of spiritual maturity. If you're listening or watching to this later and you're praying that prayer, I want to encourage you to reach out to us through the website or through email because we'd love to walk alongside you. For others of us that have already crossed that line of faith, what does it look like? for you to, to maybe begin a prayer life. Like maybe you've crossed that line of faith, but you haven't really begun a rhythm of being in the presence of God. You haven't increased your proximity to Jesus. You've just sort of checked a, a get out of hell free card in your mind. I want to challenge you to begin that. And, and this is what I want you to challenge. Maybe five minutes just five minutes of prayer. If you've never had any type of rhythm, then maybe that can happen in your drive. If you have a commute or something like that, it could happen in the shower. It could happen at any time, maybe while you're cooking breakfast or whatever the rhythms of your life are. I'm not talking about some weird religious experience. I'm talking about having a conversation with the God of heaven on a daily basis. And maybe it starts with just five minutes. For others of you that already have a regular rhythm in your life, I want to challenge you to extend that. Extend that time. If you're praying with, with, in five minutes, then what does it look like to pray 10, 15? I think all too often in Christendom, we start off with, you need to start with an hour-long prayer and then read a chapter of the Bible. And everybody's like, I don't even know what to say for an hour. Like, I can't, even, I can't even talk to my family for an hour, you know? Sometimes it becomes a difficult stretch. And so I want to challenge you with something simplistic that we can all do. So would you just begin or extend a prayer time this week and come into proximity to Jesus? And I think you'll start to realize that in some ways you've been missing the obvious. That Jesus himself, the sign, is going unnoticed. And it doesn't have to. He doesn't have to at all because he's present. He's compassionate. He loves you deeply. And he wants to know you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we pray, God, that you would reveal who you are in the simple moments of our day, in the rhythms of our everyday. Father, I pray for those that will hear this or watch this, that they would take a risk to start or to extend the prayer time. And Father, I pray that you would, um, that you would be present in those moments, that that prayer time would be rich and that it would be fulfilling and they would acknowledge who you are and what it is that you're doing in and through their lives. We're so grateful. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Can't wait to see you next week as we continue in our series and conclude unnoticed. 
It's been a great morning together and we encourage you to stay engaged throughout the week. As you heard us say at the start of the gathering, we always have resources available to you. But this week we have some additional options for you. Yes, we do. Uh, we just closed by challenging you to begin or extend prayer time. But as you know, the message was not about prayer. That was just the application. And so we're providing some prayer specific resources in case you find yourself not knowing where to start or just wanting to be really proactive about your prayer time this week. So you'll have access to two additional weekly resources. The first is a version plan that anyone can hop on and we can engage the content together. Uh, there's a daily reading, a prayer, and a question that we can share our thoughts on right in the plan. It's a seven day plan and it starts today. Hmm. These will not replace our Centerway Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals. Uh, they'll be in addition to that. And in fact, the, our devotionals this week will have other resources that you'll want to check out. And I think that'll be great. Um, the second prayer specific resource is a printable page that will walk you through the Lord's Prayer, which is a great starting point on how to pray. And it even has a place to journal there. Uh, you'll be able to print a new one each day if you'd like, or just use the same one throughout the week. Um, as soon as we're done talking here, you'll find a link in the chat directing you to our website and to those resources. If you're not on live, just visit the website website to find those resources. Uh, but do it as soon as possible because again, the version plan, it starts today. Mm. Uh, we're really excited about applying the text in this way. If you have any questions though about any of this, please reach out via email. Yeah, it really is an act of worship to be intentional in spending time with God and praying. Another way to worship is something that we get to do together if you're gathered live, and that's singing. Um, if you're connecting at another time, you can still worship through song, either by finding the video posted on Facebook or singing along with the songs that are on Spotify. Just search for the Centerway Church and look for our unnoticed playlist. For those gathered live on the online platform, we'll see you on Facebook or Instagram in a few minutes.